The Patriots are Super Bowl champs again. Was the Super Bowl really a bad game, or was it a sneaky good game? Was this Tom Brady's worst performance in the Super Bowl of his career? MLB has proposed some new rule changes. Which ones are good and which ones are not so good? Florida is heating up, but some of these hot takes aren't. It's all next on The Burns Effect. The Burns Effect with Chris Burns. 16. 16. What does this number mean? Abraham Lincoln was the 16th president of the United States. Joe Montana wore the number 16. West Virginia football was ranked 16 on the final rankings of college football. But what does the number 16 mean today? Well, that's how many points were scored in Super Bowl 53. 16. But before we get there, let's introduce everybody. I'm Chris Burns. Welcome to The Burns Effect. Joined by always, the producer, Carson Farrell. Carson, how are we doing tonight? Um, we're a little steamy. Uh, just a little, pro- little producer's note here. Our AC's not working. Oh, so no. that little humming that you're hearing in the background is a fan that we have in our room that is keeping us from being extremely sweaty and stinky in this locker room that we have here. I would, I want to really ask you this. Um, is it preventing both of us from getting sweaty? Because I'm pretty sure it's just on you and it's not, it's not spinning towards me at all. I could put it on the little rotatoes and then we'll get it to, uh, kind of blow into the microphone every now and then. Here we go. Let's, let's share. This is a live look in here. We're sharing the fan. Ah, there we go. Thank you. But 16 points, Carson. 16 points, was, that's all that was scored in Super Bowl 53. If anybody said that the Patriots and the number one offensive football, the Rams, were going to score a total of 16 points, what would you have said to them? Um, I would have been very upset if somebody told me that because I was this close to betting me over in what turned out to be the lowest scoring Super Bowl in history. And I'm so glad I didn't. And I actually bet the under on the first half, which is against my ways. But I know. It's so surprising. You always say life's too short to bet the mm-hmm. under. But this might have been the lowest scoring Super Bowl in Super Bowl history. People are calling it one of the worst Super Bowls ever. Like, I think it's one of the best Super Bowls I've ever watched. I absolutely enjoyed it. I don't know how anyone can go out there and say this game sucked. Bill Belichick looked like literally Darth Vader. People call him the, the Darth Hoodie. Darth Hoodie. Yes. He looked like the mastermind today, that uh, last Sunday for the Super Bowl. Patriots scored 13 points. The Rams only scored three on a field goal in, late in the third quarter to tie it 3-3. to three. Tom Brady and company would end up scoring 10 points in the fourth quarter on what seemed like just one amazing drive to get the touchdown, and then they followed up by just running out the clock and getting a couple good runs in. Scoring a field goal, in between that, there was a timely interception by Stephon Gilmore. But I think this Super Bowl was just dominated by the Patriots. They only scored 13 points. They only beat them by three. And if you joined... Yeah, 10. Sorry, yeah, they only beat them by 10. Which and is it, the highest margin, uh, score, margin of scoring that the Patriots have had in a Super Bowl. Exactly, which is crazy because if you joined the game in the fourth quarter, it was 3-3. Three to three. Yeah. And I'm not going to lie, for some reason... To me, it never felt close. I mean, even though the score was 3-3, three to three, it felt like it was only a matter of time before the Patriots would score, and the Rams could not do anything. 
I've said this before on the show, and I've said this so many times while watching the Patriots in the Super Bowl, and this it happened again. I sat there on the couch of like, they're going to score. They're going to win. I know it's going to happen. But there was one point where I was like, they might win this game 3 to nothing, And that would have been amazing. <laughs> now, I don't know if it would have been amazing because a lot of people were already complaining the low score, 13 to 3. Yeah. If it was 3 to nothing, people probably would have sued the NFL for <laughs> lack of enjoyment of life like the Saints fans Ooh, are doing. Good reference. And speaking of Saints fans, lots of them did not tune in. This was the lowest rated Super Bowl in the last 10 years. And this is... Contrast to what we've said before when we said that everyone tunes in to watch the Patriots in the Super Bowl to see them lose. Well, that everyone does not include New Orleans Saints fans. Down 10%. And let's talk about some specific categories. Obviously, we mentioned Bill Belichick played amazing. Total yards for the Rams the whole entire game, 260. You can take off 60 of those on their final drive. So, 200 yards the Patriots allowed in the Super Bowl, against the top offense in football. That was amazing. Let's talk about Tom Brady. People say Tom Brady had a really bad game. Well, he won the Super Bowl, so there's that. He had 253 passing yards, no touchdowns. He threw an interception on his first pass of the game. So was it really that bad? Well, let's talk about some of the worst Super Bowl per performances by a Super Bowl winning quarterback. That was a mouthful. <laughs> Big Ben, Super Bowl 30, completed nine passes for 123 yards, threw two picks, no touchdowns, won the Super Bowl. Okay, what about Peyton Manning in his last game, Super Bowl 50? He was 39, 13 completions, 141 yards, and an interception. Okay, but come on, John Elway. John Elway must have played good. It's John Elway. 12 completions, 123 yards, one interception in Super Bowl 32. You can even go back to Tom Brady's first Super Bowl. He only had 16 completions, 145 yards, and a touchdown. So why is everyone saying this one's so bad? Tom Brady had 253 yards. Um, maybe there's like a little contrast to last year's Super Bowl when he played... The game of his career? I know, 505 yards, yeah. five touchdowns. I mean, you can't repeat it. Let's look at some MVPs. Well, not some. Let's just look at one. The beloved Peyton Manning. Everyone loves this man. Gets away with everything, including st taking steroids. But he gets away... In Denver, not in Indy. He gets away with everything. Peyton Manning. 25 completions in Super Bowl 41. When he won Super Bowl MVP... Okay, how many completions did Tom have? 22. Okay. Advantage, Peyton Manning. Three more completions. Yards, 247 for Manning. I already mentioned that Tom Brady had 253. So, advantage, Brady. Touchdowns. Peyton had one, Tom had zero. Interceptions. Peyton had one, Tom had one. Sacks. They both had one. So, the only advantage Peyton has... And it's in, it's one touchdown. One beautiful touchdown to Reggie Wayne. But Peyton also fumbled the football. Tom did not. So two turnovers compared to one. And one MVP compared to zero. And one MVP compared to zero. You know, if Tom Brady had that performance this Super Bowl, all, all he really needed was just the touchdown. Yeah. 
He had the yards. He had everything else. I think if he scored the touchdown, he would have won MVP. Unless the touchdown was to Edelman. I was going to say, the touchdown yeah. probably would have gone to Edelman. Yeah, if it was to Edelman, then yeah. I mean, I mean, Edelman played his brains out. Incredible game. But did was it Edelman or was it Tom Brady? I mean, Edelman is now being considered a Hall of Famer. And I'm a Patriots fan, but let's not talk about... Let's talk about how he went from missing four games at the beginning of the year for steroid use to Super Bowl MVP. Everyone how quickly, very quickly forgets about that. How quickly everyone forgot. I don't think Tom Brady played a bad game. The Patriots always do this in every single Super Bowl. Go back and watch every single one. They don't press the issue of scoring until they have to. They play... They play like the Steelers play every game. They lower themselves to competition, play great defense... Let the other team make a mistake. Take advantage of the other mistakes. They don't go out of their way to throw for 500 yards in a Super Bowl. They pound it in the ground. They do short passes. Unless you look at the Falcons game, the Seahawks game, and the Eagles game, when they had to score every so, single drive. So three of the Super Bowls they won. <laughs> yes. Well, we lost one last. of them, yeah. But three out of the nine, out of the nine Super Bowls I've been to, they a had... A third. A third. <laughs> one third. They had to, scoring was an issue, but that's only in the last uh, quarter for the Seahawks game in the last two quarters in overtime for the Falcons and pretty much the whole entire Super Bowl against the Eagles. So one last point on this. Was this Tom Brady's worst Super Bowl performance? No, Super Bowl, his first Super Bowl obviously was his worst performance. 146 yards, one touchdown, didn't turn the ball over, but that defense played amazing. Against the greatest show on turf, also the Rams. I mean, yeah, both both times the Patriots defense really stepped it up. And let's not undersell it. The Rams played a hell of a game. Like, the Rams def- defense played a hell of a game. Jared Goff played what I've seen as one of the worst quarterback performances in the history of the Super Bowl. Possibly worse than Rex Grossman. Now, moving on to our next point. And I didn't discuss this in the open because it's a sneaky point I wanted to bring up. Did this affect the Rams' future? Mm. Did this loss affect their future? And in my opinion, it's 110% yes. The Patriots had a quarterback named Tom Brady at age 24 in the Super Bowl. He won. Bill Belichick was in his first season as a head coach, and he won. Two years later, they won the Super Bowl again. The following season, they won again. The Rams... Have a 24-year-old quarterback, Jared Goff, and a very inexperienced Sean McVay, and they lost, and they lost terribly. The Patriots had all the confidence in the world after they won, feeling like, oh, we like we actually belong here. I don't know if Jared Goff and Sean McVay will be able to get over this loss. I I agree with you that it's gonna affect them, but for a different reason. Why is that? I I think. It's very hard to compare this Rams team to the greatest dynasty of all time, even though it was the start of the dynasty. But we've seen teams, Atlanta, Carolina, teams that lose Super Bowls and then just get completely derailed. Yeah. And you can throw the Seahawks in there yeah. as well. And that's, that's one of the points I was going to bring up, is that teams that lose the Super Bowl, it's almost like you need to rebuild. There's only one team... That loses the Super Bowl and bounces back. And that's obviously Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. But every single team that's lost the Super Bowl 
does not make the, the playoffs the next season. Sean McVay, I mean, Matt Ryan and Dan Quinn of the Atlanta Falcons have not been able to get their crap together since they blew that 28-3 lead. And same goes for Cam Newton and the Panthers. And same goes for the Seahawks, although they made the playoffs this year. Yeah. I do, I do think... I think the Rams go back to the playoffs next year because I think they can win that division that's not very good. But, yeah, this, this could change their entire outlook, especially considering how bad Jared Goff's performance was. And I don't believe that they're going to be good. I don't, I don't know because if you look back at the first Super Bowl with the Patriots and the Rams... The Rams were on their way to a dynasty. They won two. They won a Super Bowl two years prior to the prior to that Super Bowl. They were about to have two and three years. That's a dynasty. The Patriots had a 24-year-old named Thomas Edward Patrick Brady that no one knew, and Bill Belichick that only was famous for his years in as a Giants defensive coordinator. And they win. If they lose, what happens to them? Do they become the greatest dynasty ever? Did you say Thomas Edward Patrick? Yes. Of course. Of course the guy that kisses his kids on the mouth has two <laughs> middle names. Of course. You have been waiting to throw that in there. <laughs> of course. By the way, we're not ignoring the fact that he also kissed Robert Kraft on the mouth after that game. That is... People are... <laughs> football is the most saltiest fan base of any sport. If there's one thing we could take away from this game, <laughs> of course it's that. But yeah, so final point. This is a, this is my hot take. I don't really, I don't usually make crazy predictions like this. Sean McVay and Jared Goff never get back to the Super Bowl Ooh. together. I just think that they're both so young that this will affect them for a really long time. This could really disrupt the model that's going around the league that we see coaches or teams that are hiring a head coach in the form of Sean McVay, the young offensive mind that's going to come in and change things. That young offensive mind of Sean McVay had nothing going for him. And he said, he said Gurley was healthy. We got to talk about this for a bit because that is absolutely absurd. If Todd Gurley was healthy and they used him the way they did, what the hell are they doing? You know, it's funny you bring that up because... The Patriots, every time the, pa- the Patriots do anything, they can win a Super Bowl, and people are still, still saying how bad they played. I mean, the Patriots can't do anything right in the public eye. The fact that last year they benched Malcolm Butler, who, by the way, played terrible the last five games of last season and played terrible for the Tennessee Titans this year. He was benched, and because the Eagles won on, the, on a really great Super Bowl, obviously, and Tom Brady, if we're going to point fingers, I hate pointing fingers in in any game because not one play makes the game, but Tom Brady had a chance to tie the game and take the lead with two minutes left. If Malcolm Butler, if, if Tom Brady goes down the field and scores, nobody cares about Malcolm Butler, but it doesn't go unsaid. Everyone blamed Bill Belichick, always losing his mind because he didn't play Malcolm Butler. No one's talking about how Sean McVay didn't play Jer- uh, Todd, Todd Gurley. Gurley. I mean, I personally believe there's something wrong. Because he, there's no way he was healthy. Well, he went to go. He was interviewed, and he went to say something, but there was somebody there to stop him from talking. Mm. So conspiracy. I mean, if he's not on the injury report, and he claims that he's injury injured, there's a loss of draft picks. Now, uh, C.J. Anderson becomes a free agent. 
so we were just Todd Gurley, the Todd Gurley show again. I mean, say he's not injured in this game and they misused him like that. Is there some kind of tension now in L.A. with that? Well, look what happened in Marshawn Lynch's case Ooh. when he was a Seahawk. Yeah, he, he laughed about it. He <laughs> laughed as he walked off the field. Honestly, every single Seahawks reaction on the interception, like the roller coasters. Look at Pete Carroll, Richard Sherman, and then Russell, and Russell, uh, I almost said Russell Westbrook. Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson and Marshawn Lynch. All four had different expressions. Richard Sherman was like the biggest smile on his face. Oh, you know, he's got, he has that face. That's the classic gif. Oh, yeah. Mar- I still think Marshawn laughing as they walked out the field. Marshawn taking his helmet off, just chuckling to himself. And then Pete Carroll, who looked like you stole his candy and just munched on his gum. Mm. It was yeah. a, I mean, it was a great game. I, I don't care. Like, no one can sit there and tell me this game was bad. Like, I hate the Patriots, and this I still thought this was a great game. And, and maybe I'm biased because I won all my prop bets, but... I thoroughly enjoyed this Super Bowl, and despite the fact that the Patriots won. One final note on football before we transition to the MLB. There's this thing going around. I've, and I don't know if you've seen it, but a lot of people are telling me that the NFL is rigged. They said, come on, how can you not see it? Be open. To, you're just so biased with your Patriots love that you're not seeing it. The NFL just lost 10% of their viewers from a year ago. They're in the business of making money. Do you think they want the Patriots in the Super Bowl every single season? No. They're not rigging it so the Patriots will win. Like, that's like, I don't even know what it's comparing it to because it just makes no sense. There's that weird asterisk there just because the the entire city of New Orleans saying, no, we're not going to watch this one. But also, I want to address this because we do have some time here. And it's something I'm not hearing enough about. How about those Super Bowl commercials? Trash. I loved the NFL 100 one with all the players. Well, it's already, it's already it. trash now. I don't like it anymore. Why? Because Temporary only has five rings in it, and they have to update <sighs> it. <laughs> but I, was, I watched that game with a Browns fan, and when he handed them to Baker Mayfield, he's like, that's a, that's a sign. It's a passing of the torch. Baker's going to win five Super Bowls. Baker, Baker, touchdown maker. Yeah, the the commercials were very subpar, and some of them I've already seen before. Like, they are paying over $5.7 million per 30 seconds of commercial time, mm. and they're commercials we've already seen? And then the Bud Light commercial of them carrying on the corn syrup, that was, like, the weirdest commercial to me. What was your favorite commercial? Well, when the Patriots are playing, I really do, I just stress during the commercials. I don't even pay attention. I The Stella commercial... With um, Sarah Jessica Parker. That was and, pretty good. And the dude, and then the guy from The Most Interesting Man in the World. That this, one. And I, I, like, I, I didn't watch Sex and the City, so I don't really know about that. But obviously the dude with his drink and decided to get the Stella instead. And then Most Interesting Man in the World's. Yeah, that, that was a good one. I, w- I would have li- liked more dialogue from him. But but if I had to pick my favorite commercial, it would probably probably be the Pepsi commercial when they're like, is Pepsi okay? And we'll play it for you. That was a good one. That was, by the way, an early ad in the show. But yeah, let's let's get the dialogue there. I think you might be just saying it wrong. You gotta say it with pride, okay? Okay. Oh yeah, kind of. Pepsi's more than okay. It's okay. okay. 
the laughter of small children. Okay. I love Steve Carell. I think that commercial was really funny. Now, Carson, you have to give your best impression of when Cardi B says her okay. So, go. Okay. Oh, my God. That was amazing. That was really off the top of my head, too. By the way, I had no idea who Cardi B was. I had to ask my friend, like, who is that in that commercial? Because she's a very attractive woman. So, you know, good for her. But, yeah. Okay. Oh my god, I thought you were gonna literally mess that up. <laughs> I don't even want to try now. It's the tongue roll. Let's I can't, see what, what do you got? Come on. I can't roll I can't roll my R's, so oh, here man. we go. I'm nervous. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, alright. That's easily easily a top five moment in the history of the show so far. Well there haven't been many, so <laughs> Alright. Yeah. That was but yeah, those are their like aside from that ad, the Stella ad and some of the decent Bud Light ads, credit them for throwing that Game of Thrones spot in there. Can't wait for that to come back. There weren't that many memorable Super Bowl commercials. No, and unfortunately, there weren't many big plays in the Super Bowl, so there no. weren't many memorable plays in the Super Bowl. I'm personally glad we don't have that abomination that we got like two years ago with the puppy monkey baby. That that thing. was terrible. That people said that was their favorite commercial of all time. No. Puppy Monkey Baby, that yeah. thing was disgusting. That is a video that ISIS shows to people in their country <laughs> to recruit. They show them that and say, this is what we're dealing with this. This is what we're trying to fight. And that's how, they, that's how ISIS recruits. Is that what they're trying to fight or is that <laughs> what they're trying to make? That's, that's how they recruit for their military. They show them Puppy Monkey Baby, the worst, the worst ever Super Bowl ad that I've ever seen. All right, one more time to do the okay. Do it. Okay. Okay. There it is. Now, moving on to MLB rule changes. Oh, boy. Hot topic. It is. And I'm not going to lie. Some of these make a pretty... I like some of them. So, that's obviously the NL, the NL adopting the designated hitter. Yeah. Big deal. Like, what do you think? I love this rule. I, I'm not a... Like, I wouldn't say I'm not a baseball purist because, obviously, like, I love the style of the game. And, like, we, we are still, like part of the old guard in that sense but come on put the dh like this is this is something that should have happened a long time ago it, it should have happened whenever they first started interleague play in the 90s and honestly it should have happened when the dh was first brought up every other league does it why not why cannot why can the national league not do it <laughs> that's my, exactly my point it makes no sense in high school i think maybe in high school your pitcher still hit but college nope there's a dh triple a dh Double A, DH. So, like, here you go. As a pitcher, you're practicing pitching, practicing pitching, practicing pitching. And then as soon as you get to the biggest stage, they're like, hey, by the way, we're going to throw you a curveball. Literally, we're going to throw you a curveball. You have to try to hit it. Mm. Like, what do you mean? That makes no sense. The DH has only been around since 1973. Quick math, Carson. How long ago is that? Don't. No. 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 <laughs> we're not doing that. 46 years ago. Thank you. 46 years ago. So it's, it hasn't even been around for half of baseball's history. So is people are so attached to the the difference between the two leagues. I say they need to make it unanimous. That makes that makes no sense. NL always gets the advantage. Always. AL plans to have a designated hitter, which means we'll just use the Red Sox because they have David Ortiz or JD Martinez, someone they plan to hit there all the time. So when we face an NL team, we have to 
take out J.D. Martinez or David Ortiz and make them play first base if you're Ortiz, left field if you're Martinez, which means our outfield with Ben Attendee, Bradley, and Betts, we have to sit one of them now. Our offense is made with the DH in our lineup. The NL team bats normally, one through eight with a pitcher in the nine hole. Okay, the NL gets to bat in American League ballpark. They get to plug in a random batter that they want to hit. That, they, that makes no sense. NL teams score just as much as AL teams. There's obviously a little bit of wiggle room there, but some NL teams outscore AL teams, and their lineup is predominantly with a pitcher batting. So then they, they get to go to an American League ballpark and add a hitter to the lineup that's already as good as the AL's lineup. Makes no sense. Adapt the DH already. Get off my lawn. I, this is a little tangent I'm going to go on here. I love this. Let me ask you a question. You're an NL manager, and I, I get like what you've explained, as it gives the National League a bit of an advantage in the World Series. I understand that. <clears throat> You're an NL manager. You're telling me that if you have the option of that number nine hitter in your lineup being anybody, anybody on your team, and you're going to put the pitcher in there? No. You can ask all 15 teams in the National League who they're going to put in that number nine hole. And all 15 teams in the National League will say anybody but the guy who's on the freaking mound. This is, without a doubt, a great idea that should have been done a long time ago. And like you said, it may give the National League teams a competitive advantage in the World Series. So that's... At most, seven games from the year. And sure, you may feel a little better about yourself, but clearly it hasn't worked that well. The American League has won the last two World Series. They would have won four if the Indians didn't blow that lead. Oh. But that's a very touchy subject. <laughs> but no, if you're a National League manager, you have to be loving this idea. And you cannot sit there if you're a National League baseball purist and tell me that your team would rather start a pitcher and the number nine batting slot over anyone else on your roster. Now here's the thing, okay? Shohei Otani comes into the league, and he's an AL player. Like that makes, like if if the if NL wants to keep their pitchers hitting, why in the world did you not go sign this guy? Yeah, he's exactly a hitter and thought. a pitcher. That's so stupid. I mean, if you want to, like, there's a guy that does both. Like he actually truly hits and pitches. He's not a pitcher that can sometimes hit. He's not a hitter that can sometimes pitch, which I don't think exists. But he literally does both, and you don't sign him. You let him go to the Angels, who who let him pitch one out of ten games, and puts him in the lineup five out of the next ten games, or something weird like that. And not only that, but I'm going to play devil's advocate for a second, and I'm going to keep the NL with a pitcher hitting. So Joe Madden is a phenomenal manager. He is very good at strategizing the game. Mm Mm-hmm. So now you're going to take away... It's like somebody studying for a test. If you study for a test and you work your tail off to, be, to know everything, okay, you know when no matter what questions they give you, you can get a 100. Meanwhile, the rookie manager in Philly, Gabe Kapler, made a couple mistakes. Okay, So now you're going to make it a level playing field so the teacher says, you can use a cheat sheet. Now is Joe Madden... Uh, I've worked my butt off to learn how to play as an NL manager, and you're about to give a free pass to the new to the newbies. Mm. What's going on here? What's your take on that? It's exactly what you said. You're playing devil's advocate. 
Sure. Joe Madden can be bitter about that all he wants. All he wants. Joe Madden also managed in the American League for a great part of his career. So you can't be that bitter if you're Joe Madden. Now there's sure, yeah, there's some long, longer tenured National League managers. But again, you cannot tell me that any of these guys would rather have the guy on the mound that's about to throw his arm out after 90 pitches back. Well, if it came down to that, they'd pinch it. Say this guy's got a no-hitter working. Well, if it's, then it's probably not that big of a game. If it's the World Series, they're not going to be like, yeah, let's try for history. They're going to say, let's win this freaking game. But we're talking any game. Any game. Even in the National League, playing other National League teams. Here's something that like baffled me that I found out. The first time in history, pitchers in the National League slashed under 200 in every single category. That's Batting disgusting. average, on-base percentage, and slugging. All three under 200. But don't people want the ball and play more? Isn't that what everyone complains about? Ball and play? The pitcher comes up, bunts, ball is in play. What pitcher knows how to bunt anymore? Hey, they have to do it in the NL. The argument for this is that you get those magical moments like Bartolo Colon's home run. That was majestic. But <laughs> Big sexy. When I, and this is something I heard on a podcast earlier, when I go to a baseball game... <laughs> I don't want to. I don't go to the game thinking I can't wait to see someone manage this game or see a pitcher hit. No, I want to see a dinger. <laughs> I want to see it from my DH, from my DH, from my Edwin Encarnacion or my JD Martinez or my Giancarlo Stanton. I want to see it from the DH. I don't want to like if the pitcher hit. That's cool. Whatever. He's not going to do it again for the rest of the year. We're both on board for DH across the board. We we were talking about Joe Madden earlier. Joe Madden's previous team, the Tampa Bay Rays. Famous for the opener last year. Mm. There's a new rule and a new rule proposed: a three batter minimum for pitchers. They come in, they have to face at least three batters. This one is tricky. Questionable. This one is tricky because I like the rule. I like I like getting rid of the lefty specialist, not because it's the, Wade, the Wade Miley rule. Yes, or the Logan Boone rule, or the Michael Myers rule. When he played for the Yankees against David Ortiz, it seems like when David Ortiz played, they, there was just one lefty in the bullpen <laughs> to get David Ortiz out. It, it's unfortunately I liked that part of the game. Like I liked having that, but now it's like five batters in a row we're having pitching changes. It's like that's just dumb. I get what they're doing because they want to fix the pace of play, but you're already introducing a pitch clock, which you better enforce if you bring it in. You don't need to bring in a pitch clock and limit. I don't like the pitch clock. Get rid of the pitch clock. That's just dumb. To me, that's the stupidest one. That makes no sense because what, like, what happens? What happens if they don't throw the pitch? If the batter's not in the batter's box, is it a strike? And if the pitcher doesn't throw it yet, is it a ball? Yeah. Like, what's going on? And what if they're both just, like, the batter, he has one foot in the batter's box, one foot out of the batter's box. Technically, he's in. The pitcher won't throw the ball. He waits till three seconds, steps in the box, and the pitcher now has three seconds to deliver the ball. It's like, what? Yeah. But back up to the three batter minimum, this one, this one's where I, it's, it gets tricky. So there's a man on first and second in this made-up situation here. One out. You're like, oh, man, this guy's in, a, bu- this guy's in a, a, a tricky situation. Let's go to the bullpen. Throws one pitch, double play. Inning over. Inning over, and now he comes up to bat in the bottom of the ninth inning. He didn't face the three batter minimum. Well, hopefully he doesn't come up to bat because we get the DH. But, <laughs> but if he doesn't, if he doesn't, 
He, you, like, no, dumb person be like, you know what? You can't take him out. Since when can somebody, like, dumb person just tell you what to do? Like, that makes no sense. Like, no, you can't take him out. He has to hit. Like, um, no. Like, what if he just doesn't go? Like, what if he just yeah. doesn't go to the batter's box? Is he automatically out? Yeah. And I mean, that makes no sense. What if, and even to, for, to further that point, let's say the guy, we're going into the ninth inning. <laughs> Your starter has worked all the way up to the very last out. Is that guy allowed to come in and face one batter? He's not faced the three batter minimum. No, I don't. That that part is kind of just like being difficult, I feel like. You're just being difficult. Towards I don't think they're going to be like, I hope you face one batter. Tomorrow night, you have to start the game, and you have to pitch to two more batters. The, the Rays love that idea. But I just think that's a little true. I like the rule. I think that it should just, the three batter minimum in inning, and then if, after the inning, you can change pitchers after the inning. I am torn on it because we're approaching the dangerous territory that the NFL is in where now we have this rule, but there's so many small nuances in it that we don't know. Okay. What we, what are we supposed to do here now? He's faced two batters, but the inning's over. Does he get to come out and face one batter in the next inning? Like it's, there's a lot of small nuances that are happening here. Also, what's the punishment (laughs) If you're like, no, no, I'm, he's not facing three batters. Yeah. I'm getting somebody else. What's all right? Put a run on the board. Yep, like automatic walk. Like that's the thing. Is like that's what the, like that's what it should be. Then I think like automatic walk, like just intentional walk. Like so now it says you have to pitch to three batters on an, on an, on an intentional walk. Now you don't throw a pitch. Does mm. that mean he technically pitched to him? If you put up the four fingers, he never threw a pitch. Therefore, did he pitch? Which came first, the chicken or the egg? Okay, next one. The single trade deadline before the All-Star break. This one, to me, everyone is in love with it, I guess. Everyone's like, yeah, it's going to create more trades. I don't like it. I don't either. Prolong the trade deadline as far as possible Mm. because I want as many, like, at the All-Star break, no one knows where they're at. Yeah. It's the middle of the season. Baseball is a crazy sport where you have 80 games left. I think where the, the waiver deadline is in September... Even end of August is the perfect spot to put the trade deadline. Now, that one's tricky for me. That's yeah. tricky because it's a little too late. Now it's like, okay. Let's say August 15th. August 15th. I like the 31st. Mm. The 31st, it's like, bam, you got two months left. Are you in it or out? If you do it at the end of August, it's like, okay, so I'm out clearly. And now I'm going to dump my team. And I feel like you'd get a lot more trades that way, but a lot less fair trades. It's like... Mm. you avoid a level playing field for people. I guess it's their own fault for not having prospects and such, but it's like, that's so close to the end of the, the end of the year. Could you imagine like in the playoffs? Oh, you just traded for JD Martinez. He has been off for the last two weeks. Yeah. It'd be like, I mean, a little crazy. It's J- a weird animal. Like today was the NBA trade deadline. We don't watch that much basketball, but the NBA has three months left before the playoffs. If we that's do it. Yeah. But they can the, still... the MLB is two months left after their deadline. August and September, that's it. And we saw how many trades happened in the NBA today. A lot. But also, you have to remember, the waiver, uh, the waiver trade deadline is in August. Mm. And if we just go back to not as recently as 2017, Justin Verlander was moved. No. And then Jay he, Bruce for the Indians. Jay Bruce as well, and a couple years ago... Adrian Gonzalez, Josh Beckett, Carl Crawford were shipped up and sent to the Dodgers. Yeah. I mean, lots can still happen. 
This is a touchy one. I, I'm in like, like, like you it. said. I like where you where we have it now. If anything, I'm in favor of moving it back even a couple more days, yeah. just to see where you're at coming right out of the All Star break. Twenty second pitch clock. We, we talked about that. I'm not a big fan. It makes no sense. Lowering the mound was another one that was discussed. Yes, a study to lower the mound. It's like this to me is like so stupid. You have to get permission to do a study. <laughs> Like, why can't you just do the study? Where are we studying this? Are we studying it in rookie ball or high A? We're definitely not studying it in the MLB. Let's study it on opening day. <laughs> Actually, screw it. Let's do it in the World Series. Let's, all, with all the aces on the mound on opening day, we're going to study it. Like that. It's to create more offense. and it's We already uh, had more offense. We've had the most offense we've had in a long time, aside from the steroid era. We have home runs. Yeah. We don't have balls in play a lot. We have lots of swings and misses. Well, that's, that's not part of the mound. That's the shift. No, because the shift would still be ball and play. You get most strikeouts last year ever. Oh, okay. I see what you're going for. So if you take away that, if they have a lower angle where they're coming from, they lose a little bit of velocity and a little bit of deception, causing players to connect more. See, I like strikeouts, though. I love I like So do yeah. I. I'm a big fan of, and people, I like guess, we, Well, we have two, like our the Indians and the Red Sox have two very good rotations that strike out people a lot. Yes. And, and I enjoy watching that. We hit lots of dingers as yeah. well. Yeah. And so a dinger, a walk, and a strikeout accounted for 33% of at-bats last year. 33% of the time, the okay bat is over. I mean, I'm okay with that. <laughs> this doesn't bother me that much. That's a little much. I, like Strikeouts are cool, but you want to know what's also cool? Like a diving play in center field. Or you want to know what's also cool? Some action. I think it's cool because it doesn't happen very often. That's true. But now is the strikeout becoming less important? Because we see a lot of those. No, see, that's the thing. Like, Same thing with the home the, run. It doesn't, yeah. it, doesn't, I don't, no, it doesn't get any less exciting when it happens. Yeah. Especially like to end an ending or something like that. Or to end someone in a jam. I don't know. This is, this is kind of stupid, been, honestly. It's a little tedious. A couple more rules. Dis, uh, draft advantage for winning teams and penalties for losing teams. Now, if you just listen to that, you think, what, what? What? <laughs> so the team that wins the most is going to get rewarded? This sounds like a stupid rule that like someone's fantasy football league comes up with. Like, yeah. I won the Super Bowl. I get the first round pick. Yeah. But it actually makes sense because there's a lot of teams lately that are just like, we have no chance. Therefore, we will not try. Which so is resulting in a lot of free agents still being The Marlins. Well, you can go down the list. The Cincinnati Reds the last no, couple the Reds of years. Have, they've made a lot of moves Besides this year. Besides the last couple yeah. of years, Marlins... For the last 20 years, it seems like. The Rays for a bit, but now they're coming around. Like, but a lot of these teams are still coming around except the Marlins. Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh S- came around last year for a bit. It doesn't matter if they're competing. And they made moves. It doesn't matter if they're competing. They're not, like, that's the thing. Is that, like, if you know Baltimore. Baltimore knows they're yeah, not competing. Okay, yeah. But they have money. They could spend money on yeah. some free agents. Every team has money. Okay? Let's get let's throw out the idea that they need to stay under some luxury right. tax. Okay? Every team has... Bun- like The NHL so does a right with the salary floor. Yes, that's what, I think that's something they should implement a salary floor because then people will have to get paid. People yeah. have to get signed. You can't have all these extra free agents. That would help with that. And the last one is a rule that would allow two sport amateurs to sign major league contracts. Basically, Kyler Murray, we want you to come play baseball. Also, we got a new one today. A little bit of breaking news: the MLB changed the name from the disabled list to the injured list. I hate that. Why? <laughs> I don't know. Like, do they think disabled is, like, a, a bad word to use? I mean, like, obviously, maybe there's a little bit of sensitivity there, but... And every other sport Come calls on. their injured reserve the injured reserve, but... So now we're But the, the IR is for people... There's nope. an IR in baseball. We're on the IL. The IL. 
Which, the if you're a full sale student, is the integrative learning. <laughs> and if it's anything like integrative learning, it's pointless. Yeah. Obviously, we're kidding. We love full sale. We love the school we go to. It's just you just have to be here to understand what those IL hours are. They're very, pointless, very tedious. Very sometimes. like strange credit hours. <laughs> but now it's we got the last twenty minutes here. Let's get into some of our segments. And I know you wanted to start with your calls of the week, but I want to start with a new one. Oh. The stupidest thing I've heard all week. And this one, I Or otherwise known as hot take of the week. Yeah. The hot take of the week that aren't so hot. We addressed this in the beginning. Uh, otherwise, <laughs> and this is segment is sponsored by Fox Sports 1. Yeah. Because FS1, this is where we always find them. FS1 has the funniest things every single time. I will never forget this moment in, in history. Like, I, like, I've never heard something so crazy. Skip Bayless, the, known as the Tom Brady lover. People don't like him because he loves Tom Brady so much. Tweets out after the Super Bowl, and this is not a lie. Straight up tweets out and says, Did Tom Brady hurt his reputation with a Super Bowl win last night? It didn't say Super Bowl win. It said, Did last night's game hurt Tom Brady's reputation? I'm sorry. sorry. So, out of context, you're <laughs> very confused. So, what I got from it. Skip. Skip. Oh, my God. I can't even address it. I mean, what do you, what are you talking about? You just won the sixth Super Bowl in your career. Eh. Did this one affect him? I mean, you win five, that's good. You win a sixth. Cool, buddy. I mean, that's you, Hall of Fame. We, we, you might be dropping yourself out of it. It hurt your legacy a bit. I mean, you know, like. Oh, God. I don't even know what to say. To like, I wish I could talk to this man. Like, what? What were you thinking? This, you uh, no, I guess we should address the fact that we don't watch Undisputed. No, I've, so I, I don't I used know. To. Maybe he addressed this on the show. Maybe there was a point to back it up. I think he meant because he played poorly. He, everyone thinks he played poorly. <sighs> we well, we already talked about that. He didn't play poorly, but and even if he did, I don't care. if Did he it threw, hurt his legacy? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even care if he threw for no yards. He could have thrown fifteen <laughs> interceptions. <laughs> And five yards, and they still win that game? Did it hurt his legacy? No one ever asked if that that really, really bad Super Bowl Peyton Manning had hurt his legacy. <laughs> no. They, it was bad. They, they crowned him walking out on top. They crowned him one of the best of all time after that game. Same thing with John Elway. Oh, man. Like, we mentioned some bad Super Bowl performances by winning quarterbacks. But this one, this is why I think that football is just the weirdest sport, especially when it comes to the Patriots. People say the weirdest stuff. I now is that our, is that our only hot no I've, take we we've got another Fox Sports one okay let's hear that let's hear the next one this is a honorable mention and this is one I saw when I was scrolling through Twitter today also from Skip Bayless <laughs> oh gosh and it was uh this is per Skip Bayless and his Twitter account Kevin Durant has the perfect last name because he do rant he rants he rants and he rants <laughs> every other day he's ranting about something he bites the hand that feeds him. More undisputed now on Fox Sports One. <laughs> That's <Yeah>. amazing. <laughs> now, I love this. This qualifies as a hot take, but it qualifies as a dumb <laughs> it's a, tweet. It's a great all-time Skip Bayless tweet. He do rants. That's that's my honorable mention. He do rants. The uh, the actual best hot take I saw of the week. We need to come up with a name for this segment. We'll have it next week. Um, is <laughs> the toxic culture around LeBron James because he was an only child. <laughs> this was an Must actual... Be th it. There was an actual, like, debate, and it was, it was not undisputed. It was something else. I think and it was the, the herd. The herd. 
and the little graphic that they had there was a picture of LeBron James with his hand on his hip, and big letters said, only child. <laughs> As if this is some form of breaking news. Like, that is amazing, because for all only child, Carson, are you an only child? No, no, you, no. Have no you have a brother. I don't know why I asked you, I know that. I'm not an only child, I have five sisters, I'm an only, I'm the only boy, so is that like a thing later in life? I don't I know. Be I mean, like, like, you know, only boy syndrome. I feel like if you you were raised by five sisters, it's like basically the same thing as being raised by five moms. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so, only child, that's why he doesn't want teammates. He gets scared of them. He, wh- like. That's why Kyrie left. <laughs> try, I'm trying to figure out like what they meant. This is amazing. It's really, truly one of the best hot takes I've seen in the history of hot takes i mean obviously obviously that's why he can't win this is gonna be like we're gonna keep this segment up every week but it's gonna be really like we started off hot with these takes it's gonna be really tough to top this but i mean they, they have a point i mean obviously it's it's no debate lebron can't win because he's an only child i mean that's why it's so toxic I mean, it's because he's an only child. It only makes sense. At what point did we find out that FS1 is just satire? <laughs> They're just like, you want to know what we'll gets some major likes? Let's talk some crap about LeBron being an only child. People, it's, I want to see some of our responses. Next just, week, we're going to yeah. talk about some responses to that tweet. But that's our new segment of the very cold hot takes. Carson, let's go to the calls of the week. And look who's coming up. So, this is a very slow week in sports, and we're kind of in sports purgatory right now, because the Super Bowl is over, we've got hockey that's like, alright, I mean, middle of the season, end of the All-Star break, not much, both our teams aren't playing very well right now, but I went, obviously, with the calls of the week here, and I was like, alright, Chris will really get a kick out of this. Some calls from the Super Bowl. Oh, here we go. So, you, don't, uh, you don't seem very excited, Carson. The first one will, uh, and I don't really have this in a chronological order here. So the first one is the Steven Gostowski field goal. Miss? That, no, the one that he made. Okay. Uh, the, the, thir- the one that put him up to 13 points. So let's give that one a listen. Alan White down. Turns toward Cardona in a 10-3 Patriots lead. Extends the hand, receives the step. Swing of the right leg. Kick driven to the uprights. And the kick is good. Two-possession game. 72 seconds remain. Scott Zolak, you are a genie. He's the guy who says, ball game, after the kick goes through the uprights. I firmly believe that you could take any Patriots fan in the world, put them in the booth, and it would sound like Scott Zolak. I would not say ball game. I would probably not say anything because I'm terrified of the moment. <laughs> but, yeah, it was a pretty good call. I mean, the fact that there were three field goals in this game, five attempted, three made, and one touchdown. There were probably not many very good calls in this game. No, there were not very many good calls this week. I'm working with what I got here. It was a good game, but just not exciting plays. Yeah. But I'm gonna guess you have the, you have the interception in here at least. That is actually the next call. Yeah. However, I went with the CBS call first, and now after listening to the Patriots radio call, I'm gonna go back and make an audible here 
and we're going to go with the radio call instead. Reagan, Reagan, as Tom said on uh, Sunday. There we go. Takes the step. Harmon on a blitz. Goff throws it to the right. Gilmore's there. Intercepted at the four. Harmon forced the pick, and Gilmore comes up with it. His second of the postseason. What a call. And possession of the Patriots. What a call by Brian Flores. Pressure on number 16. You knew the kid was going to crack, and he did there. Scott Zolak again, all over the play-by-play guy. You know, if he went to the school, he'd realize, you're not supposed to do that, Scotty. But, uh, I mean, yeah, it was a great call. I mean, big moment in the game. I give it a four out of five. That's that's fair. Like I said, I'm, I didn't have much to work with this week. And uh, I did want to get some hockey in here just because we had a bit of history. Uh, Alexander Ovechkin got an assist on this play to uh, become the all-time Russian leader in points in the NHL. Rushing? Russian. Oh. The all-time leader in points oh. for a Russian. So he wasn't NHL. he wasn't rushing. He was not rushing. He was uh he was skating. He was going slow then because he wasn't rushing. He was yeah, he went a little fast on this play. It was actually really really cool he passed it back to get the assist there. But well Sorry everyone that just listened to my really lame jokes. <laughs> we'll set it. <laughs> we'll put a laugh track in there and set this one up. Ovechkin turns, sneaks back behind, feeds it there for back to stop. Rebound! Score! The Capitals punch it home. Oshi strikes, and Ovechkin sets the Russian record for points all time. This is the second time I think we featured the Capitals broadcaster on the show. Yeah. I, I, I love his voice. I do too. He does the whole, oh, thing when he talks. Yeah. He's um, got like... And the, the collar guy, too, like has the most Canadian voice ever. <laughs> I didn't even notice that. That's right. Ovechkin but, goes down there. You know, he's, he puts a good pass back, and he saw that one go in. <laughs> but I would like... Uh, I give it, again, a four. I, I'm not a big fan. I, I, to get a five, it has to be like an amazing call. Oh, yeah. We didn't have that much of that this week. We we Again, in this segment, we started off pretty hot on the earlier shows, but... We're just in such a lull right now. Like I said, we're in sports purgatory and not much is going on. So we're working with what we got. Those were Carson's calls of the week. And now we'll move to one of our favorite segments of the show. Top five. And this week, it was 84 outside today. 84 degrees. While our AC was broken. So top five things to do when it's hot outside. And does this mean like right now or? Anytime. Anytime of the year. Because this is going to sound out of touch for the Burns family that's probably listening in from New York, where it's cold, I'm sure. Hi, Mom. But it's uh, it's hot here, and our AC doesn't work, and we're probably going to be sweating in our sleep tonight. So, uh, top five things to do when it's hot. All right, you go first. All right. Uh, number five, sleep naked. Ah! <laughs> you know. Strong start. <laughs> that, I just threw me right off guard with that. <laughs> there is, I, I tell you... You don't get to sweat as much. Your clothes, you don't wake up with your clothes being soaking wet. It's just your sheets that are soaking wet, and you're feeling pretty good about yourself. Now, are the sheets soaking wet because you're sweating, or did Carson, you know... Piss go- the bed? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't piss the bed. <laughs> no, I'm just sweating. <laughs> That's number five. Sleep you know, naked. Now I'm kind of pissed, because I wish that was higher up on your list. <laughs> oh, no, I've got, some, I've got some pretty good ones on here. I, I could have probably, probably could have put that higher. You know, Looking back on it, but I always like if, if our fans were to take a vote about who has the top fives, yours are always ten times better than mine. Like I think of realistic things I do when it's hot outside. <laughs> I do this. No, but but wait a minute, you're inside doing this. Is yeah, it? but it's hot outside. 
So you can be doing things inside? Yeah. Uh, see, this changes everything. <laughs> I guess what do you I'll, got? All right, number five. I guess I'll go with what I did today. Laid out on the hammock, listening to music, attempting there to do homework, go. but really not doing homework and just relaxing. Yep, sweating. Because you texted me and said, it's too hot, I can't do this. I don't know how Floridians deal with, it, deal with this. Yeah, you were two feet away. I couldn't even <laughs> say it. That's how hot I was. I had some headphones in. I was jamming to the good old red hot chili peppers. But yeah, it was a hot one. That's, that's not bad. That's good. I'll give that one to you. In fact, I'll go easy on you here with this next one. <laughs> my, uh, sleeping naked too. My number four source, or uh, my number four on the <laughs> list is lie by a source of water and listen to baseball. Ah. Easy going. That's how I love spending my summers, especially daytime games. Like when you get a daytime doubleheader, maybe that first game I'm going to go lay by the pool or by the lake and listen to the game. That's a nice one. Relaxing. I like that. I like that. Um, number four, I grew up on the lake, so take a boat out, you know? Yeah, there you take go. Take a boat out on the lake, enjoy the, the weather, and I'm a ginger, and I'm about as white as when you open up a brand new Word document. So I get sunburned so easily, so that's the only con whenever it's well enough. I, I grew up also in Winter Haven, the chain of Lake City. So I also went out on the boat quite a bit. So I Don't can, try to steal my idea. I know. I can say that's, that's a good idea. That's a good one. I'll give you that one. So is Sleeping Naked, but I didn't <laughs> take it from you. <laughs> number, uh, number three I have is complain. 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 That is amazing. <laughs> that's, because that's especially what you do. I have heard it plenty of times since you moved to Florida and since I met you. Complain about how freaking hot it is in Florida. Yep. Uh, I can't stand it. It's it's going to snow in New York this week, and here it's just going to be unruthlessly hot. Winter is officially over in Florida. It lasted about a month, if that. That's terrible. All right, now when it's hot outside, now this is, it can't be too hot, but I like to be active. You know, I like to play like a game of baseball. There you Some go. can jam. There you, you go. Know? Yeah. I'm with you. Some street hockey. I actually did that before the Super Bowl. Street hockey, that's a little too much running. <laughs> a little too much running in the hot weather. All right. There's a reason I play that in the winter. <laughs> Same thing with football. So my number... Uh, my number Three. Oh, wait, three now. Okay. Number three, I got my list that's kind of whoppy jarred here, so I'm a little thrown off. Number three, no. No, this is two. Because I did complain, sleep naked, and sleep by water and listen to baseball. So. Ah, you know, I forgot about the naked. There we go. How so, could I forget? How so number two, drink faster so your beer doesn't get warm. Ah, that's your favorite thing? <laughs> that's number two. Like, these are your favorites. You're like, you want to yeah. know what I love to do? Complain and drink beer really fast. <laughs> <laughs> Suck it down and give yourself a good buzz within about an hour. That's funny. You just took mine. Mine's day drink. There we go. <laughs> I like to day drink in the winter. Well, you got to go fast because your beer's going to get warm really quick. <laughs> and I'm going to complain about it the whole entire time. <laughs> that's, yeah, there we go. That's good context for us. So number one, then, I guess. I guess we should have saved that for number one. That's, that's all right. You know, I guarantee I, you we probably have the same number one. Oh, no, I love my number one. Okay. Yours is probably not so serious again. My number one is go up to people to start conversation and say, hot one out today, huh? That's number one. Wait, that's you, how you start you, your casual you say, conversation. You say, you say what? Walk up to somebody, hey, how's it going? It's a hot one today, huh? That's your, that's your favorite thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love doing that. love it. It's good water cooler talk. Like you're, that's like you're all time. Walk up favorite. to the walk up to the boys at the water cooler and say, "Hey boys, it's a hot one today, huh?" Now I have known you for a long time, and I have never heard that. Oh, I've walked into, I've walked into your house on a previous po- when we did a previous podcast 
because it was always so hot in your house, and I would say, it's a hot one out there today. I don't even know if you're going to get that in between me complaining about it or not. Now, like, and this, it disappoints me that you didn't even say this. I'm very upset at you. My number one, when it's hot outside, is to sit at a ball game. Oh, Come yeah. Come on. You didn't oh, yeah. even bring up the fact you're going to be in Cleveland for opening weekend. I don't expect it to be a hot one. A hot one out today. That's true. <laughs> in That's Cleveland on opening day. Well, it will. that will be April 1st. So from what ah, I've heard around last year. Yeah, April 1st, it was cold. But, I mean, when it's warm out, is there nothing better than I sitting agree. out? I agree. And, and there's bit of bias here and maybe not positive bias because i've been to a lot of minor league games here in florida because the two major league teams are awful and they play in lifeless domes so some of the minor league games here get very hot okay i was gonna say that actually before we started this segment it can't be too hot okay i'm from new york if it's above 90 i'm staying inside there's (laughs) i can't do anything all these things i just listed i love to do Below 90. You got to preface it. I understand. Yeah. If it's above 90, what I'd love to do, lay in my bed, and I would have to imagine naked, like you like yeah, you said. There you go. All day. All right. All right. So that was our top five things to do when it's hot outside. All right. Now it's time for a big deal, not a big deal. Carson, hit me. All right. We've got some rapid fire ones this week. Our first one coming on the tune of baseball. Aaron Judge mentions that Bryce Harper, they would find a spot for him. If the Yankees were to sign him, big deal or not a big deal? You know, what he said, what the guy asked is, if you sign Bryce Harper, who, where would he play? And he said, we'd find room for him. Obviously, you'd find room for Bryce Harper if anybody signed him. I don't think he was meaning anything by it. Not a big deal, but big deal because I think the Yankees could actually sign him. Okay. Yeah, that's you've mentioned that before. I, uh, I agree they could do it, and that's the Yankees, so it seems like something they would do. Um... The Lightning have lost their last two games. Big deal, not a big deal. They lost them in overtime. Overtime, so they got a point. So yeah. no. Yeah, I agree. If there's any time that the Lightning are going to slump, let's do it now that we're coming out of the All Star break. If there's any time to lose, lose an OT, you get a point. No, exactly. That's very good. But very good point. If we're going to slump, at least we're getting points. <laughs> exactly. Uh, lastly, some local news here. Markel Fultz, former number one pick from the 76ers. Goes to the Magic on a big trade here on the deadline day. Big deal. Big deal. Big deal. Just because of the return that Philly got. First round, second round, and a player. For a guy that was known as a bust. For a guy that didn't really play that much. He was not playing in Philly with their stacked lineup that they had. He'll be playing in Orlando. Oh, you bet your butt he will. You bet your naked, sleeping butt he (laughs) will be. Hot (laughs) weather. Somewhat sweaty. Um... I also will say this is a big deal. Obviously, we're not big basketball guys, but I think this will generate some good revenue for the Magic. You know, maybe this will... They We talked about... This, we didn't talk about it, but I heard about this on the local Orlando radio. They talked about them possibly being buyers at the deadline, and this is obviously they're buying. Like, they're not... They didn't sell anybody away. They didn't trade Aaron Gordon like some people thought they would do, and instead they bought on, and Mo Bamba's there, Aaron Gordon. We might have some of them work in Orlando. We're not going to watch it, but... Good for the local fans. (laughs) That was big deal, not a big deal, which means that our show has come to a conclusion. Now, next week, Carson and I will be going over the NHL a lot and previewing MLB. Not our preview show, but previewing MLB because... We're so close. We are. I can almost taste 
the peanuts, Spring the training. hot dogs, the beer. You can taste the beer right now. Yeah. Come, let's uh, we'll have some content coming by the way, because we're gonna be going to some spring training games. So keep an eye on the Instagram or the Twitter, because there will definitely be some video content to go along with that. And our long war with Apple is over. We have triumphed. We are on iTunes. Say what? We've done it. We are no longer just on SoundCloud. We are also on iTunes. So for those of you in the modern era, the modern century, you can hear us now on your iPhone, on iTunes, at that convenience. And also, shout out to the people who have who said to us that they've been listening to us on Apple. Ah, you liars. <laughs> you are not. In fact, you are just telling us that to make us feel good about ourselves. So to those of you who are still listening at this point, we appreciate you. And do us a favor. Comment on our Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Twitter. And use the secret word, baloney. And we will give you a reward. We don't know what it is. Could be a package of baloney. Could be baloney. Could be a beer. Could be a... Firm nope. high five. Nope, we cannot. We cannot. We cannot give beer. What if it's a? What if it's someone younger than twenty-one? Then you get a firm high five. But what if it's somebody across the country? You get nothing. You get a you good get, on you. You get nothing. You get our satisfaction. And we appreciate you. This was the Burns Effect with Chris Burns, joined by always the Carson, much funnier than Will Farrell. We'll see you next week. Always look on the bright side of life. Always look on the light side of life If life seems jolly rotten There's something you've forgotten And that's to laugh and smile and dance and sing When you're feeling in the dumps Don't be silly chumps Just purse your lips and whistle That's the thing